0: He wouldn't shut up, so we gave him a talk show. Sometimes I'll start a sentence, and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Brayden tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Harry Carey singing tub thumping is the holiday of the week. Nothing's going to top it on the show. Just amazing. Hashtag, hey. Danny Boy tweets, Was Harry singing to me? My birthday's Thursday. Best show ever. And Factor tweets, at underscore Adam Crowley, AJ McCarron was a free agent. You were wrong. All right, two things, Factor. A, you don't get the show at all. And B, B, They had a deal worked out with the Browns, which means that they could have gotten value. The Browns effed it up. Point is, the Steelers at some point will be able to get value for Mason Rudolph, so shove that up your pipe and smoke it factor. (laughs) Skip says, great draft takes and harry Carry combo. I agree. Harry's just got a lot of free time these days. Yeah. Yeah, He likes to pop in and out of the show. Yeah, we never formally asked him to be a part of the show. He just kind of kept showing up. I think that's a great point. We never actually asked Ever. him to do the baseball stuff. So. No. He just kind of came here and stayed. Sometimes I'll ask Stat Pat to bring me some stats. Never do I say, hey, Harry, can you pop down for a second to sing to us? That jackass just does it whenever he wants to. He is a legend. I mean. That's true. You know, so you got to give him something there. Plus, nobody wants to, like, drag an old man out of here. You know, especially a dead one. Dead drunk old man. Yeah, <laughs> it's just an ugly. That's dog. a bad combination. Yeah, that'll end up on Twitter. People shame mm-hmm. us and be like, "Oh, look, they dragged a dead old man out of the out of the station." Don't want that happening. I talked a lot of football in the last hour. The Steelers made some draft picks. People are critical of them, but I'm not as interested in that as I am the playoffs right now. I'm just not. I watch the playoff games. I didn't watch every second of the draft. I did listen to some of our draft coverage, which was outstanding. Good work by Brian. Good work by Tom. Everybody else, eh, you were fine. But I've spent most of my time thinking about what happened yesterday in that Penguins game. And let me just get this out of the way. The puck was across the goal line. Matt Murray was interfered with. And Tom Wilson should, without a doubt, have been penalized. Each of those plays had a big impact on the outcome of the game. The Pens, though, their play, their bad start, that's what did them in, though. That's the biggest determining factor in why this series is now 1-1. to It's been a theme that's been building, too. The Penguins have been behind by at least two goals in each of the last three playoff games. They trailed by two against Philly before Jake Gensel scored four unanswered goals. Ovechkin made it 2 nothing with... 1932 to go in the third period in game one before the pens furiously scored three goals in 449 and yesterday well we did not see the comeback that we've all been accustomed to seeing now the non goal call made their comeback bid much more difficult to pull off but it's not the reason the pens lost the game the reason they lost is that they had a poor start again ovechkin scored with a minute and a half gone in the first frame it was the second time in as many games that the team in black and gold has been down one nothing before the first two minutes have been played. That's not good enough. The Penguins have scored first in just three of their eight playoff games. The Flyers could have just as easily had the lead in game three in the first round. I say this all the time. Playing a full 60 minutes is something that gets talked about by coaches and by media members, and you just don't see it very often. That's a big gripe from people. They didn't play a full 60. They didn't deserve to win. I usually don't buy into that because momentum can change at the drop of a hat in the playoffs. You're going to see pushes from both teams. It's very much like basketball where it can be a game of runs. Now, not necessarily bunches of goals being scored. Sometimes it can be the case. But you often see the scoring chances come in bunches for one team and then the other team pushes back. But the Penguins have fallen into a habit of not starting the game well. And if you allow the other team to score first, you allow them to jump on you in the first period. It's a uphill battle the rest of the way. If you're going to have lulls, I get it. That happens over the course of every hockey game. But I'd rather the lulls not happen right at the beginning of the damn game. I'd rather the Penguins not be down 2-nothing and 3-nothing right out the shoot like that. Now the Penguins have this uncanny ability to come from behind that's great. What's not great is that they have to rely on that Houdini act far too often. I thought the Penguins were the better team for the final 35 minutes of the game. The score factor probably has something to do with that, but they were down 3 nothing already at that point. If you want to blame the officiating, that was a factor, and it was brutal. But the Penguins' poor start, to me, was the real reason for their demise. 4129 is the number to call, or you could tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Toronto did done screw up, though, peeps. How in the world did they not think that putt crossed the goal line? And if you say parallax, I'm going to shoot you in the leg. Parallax is a real thing. I mentioned this in the first segment. I had a physics professor named Mrs. Kennedy in high school who was smoking hot. I mean, my God, she was fine. So I know that parallax or whatever it's called is a real thing. I get it. But so is common sense. Prior to the view, and stick with me here, that shows the white, you see the puck disappear behind the goalpost. That's before you see the picture that everyone's tweeting out of the white. So if you use your head and you see that there's white between the puck and the goal line after it disappeared, then there has to have been more white between the puck and the goal line prior to that point. You dig? The league office got it wrong, period. And Mike Sullivan never bitches following a game in the playoffs. He doesn't. But he said it was 100% a goal, and he's right. I also can't believe that it wasn't called a goal on the ice. Again, common sense, Crosby's skating the puck to an empty portion of the net, and Hornquist pokes it in. Common sense tells you that he didn't get across in time. Rule a goal on the damn ice? Either way, you slice it, they got it wrong, and the Penguins paid the price. How about that non-goalie interference call? I hate hyperbole in sports radio. I hate it. That station across the street, they do it all the time. Hyperbole. Oh, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. So let me give it a try here, actually. Brett Connolly whacking Matt Murray just prior to Verona's goal is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. It wasn't necessary. He wasn't forced into it. He wasn't pushed. It was egregious. I've rarely seen something like that before. Something that dumb. But the refs let it go, and then they say good goal. Did Murray have time to reset and play his position? I guess so. That's what they'll argue. But it should have been a penalty before the goal. And that's that. When you whack a goalie, that's a penalty. Forget him having time to reset or anything like that. It was a penalty and should have been called. And upon further review, since they weren't going to call the penalty, then they should have called the goal back. You shouldn't be able to get rewarded for that at this level. I am so irritated that the league looks at that sees a player whack the goalie and says, "Uh, I know he has time to reset, but let's allow him to have the goal anyhow. That's ridiculous to me. They shouldn't reward the dude for that. And if they're not going to call stuff, the Penguins should go all Paul Bunyan on Hopey's balls in Game 3. Let's see if they'll call that. So that's two things the officials got wrong, if you're scoring at home. How about the Tom Wilson hit on Brian Dumoulin? It was a headshot. Should have been a penalty. Since it wasn't, His ass should be sitting for at least a game. Here's what irks me most. Tom Wilson should not get the benefit of the doubt. He should never get the benefit of the doubt. Marshan doesn't because he's a POS. Matt Cook didn't because he was a bad dude. Rafi Torres was a terrorist on the ice. That guy maimed people. Tom Wilson said yesterday that he got him high and it was an accident. Nope, not going to buy it. The repeat shoplifter that gets caught walking out of Macy's with a shirt in their pants and says it was an accident doesn't get my benefit of the doubt. When Le'Veon Bell gets suspended for pot use and says, oh man, I slept through it. I know why you slept through it. Because you love weed. When Martavis Bryant says he's changed, I don't believe it. He's getting suspended so many times, you can't even count. Those guys don't get the benefit of the doubt. Tom Wilson is scum. He shouldn't get the benefit of the doubt. He uses his powers for evil. Not good. He's got skill. He was a first-round pick. But he could be far better if he was interested in actually playing the game. He should be a shoe in for a suspension. Here is the funny thing, though, about arguing for a Tom Wilson suspension. Playing with Kuznetsov and Ovechkin, two of the better players in this league, he scored 32 points this year. That's bad. Woof. That is not good. So you kind of don't mind him being on the ice because he's just a passenger on that line. But at the same time, as long as he is out there, people are going to get hurt. And if you're Tom Wilson, why would you change? Why at this point would you not be trying to hurt every penguin possible? They're not going to do anything about it. And that's what really gets me here. The league has their two biggest stars, the two most recognizable players, playing a Sunday game so that all the eyes are on them. And what are we talking about the day after? Tom Wilson taking his shoulder and sticking it between the eyes of Brian Dumoulin. This is how people see hockey. They don't see hockey as Ovechkin walking into the slot and sniping one past Matt Murray glove-side high. No, 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 no. They think about hockey as this jabroni maiming Brian Dumoulin. I don't think the Penguins should retaliate. They haven't done that the last couple of years, and they've won the championship twice. Don't do it now. As Mike Sullivan says, just play. But they're going to run around out there. Matt Niskanen broke Crosby's dome last year. Ovechkin slashed him. It's the reason Crosby went down. And Barry Trotz called it a hockey play. A hockey play. They treated Sidney Crosby's head like a gosh darn pinata. That was close there. That was close to some GD stuff. That was almost bad. Now Tom Wilson does the same thing to Dumoulin. Nothing. So nothing on Ovechkin. Nothing on Niskanen. Nothing on Wilson. So Wilson's going to do it again next game. And he's going to do it again the game after that. And he's going to keep doing it because that's what he does. Serial killers kill people. That's what they're known for. That's what they do. Orsonists burn houses down. That's what they do. You give them a pack of matches, they're going to their neighbor's house. Tom Wilson gets a free pass, he's going to try to break you. Matt Niskanen, not typically a dirty player, but he doesn't get suspended last year and he takes his knee and he knocks over Gensel yesterday. When you're not going to get called for this stuff, you're going to keep doing it need to try to physically wear the Penguins down over the course of a series screw the league screw Tom Wilson screw everything that yesterday's game became it's awful it's an embarrassment on a national stage coming up next we'll talk to Jason Mackey about all <laughs> that if I can hold it together a little bit frazzled and flustered it's a Crowley show series comes back to Pittsburgh 1-1 yesterday left a bad taste in my mouth the whole thing the game the terrible calls the lack of penalty calls Crosby getting called for what he what he did and then nothing else of significance getting called along the way it was Bush League it was nonsense it was terrible all things considered though the Penguins will as I mentioned come back and play their game tomorrow night the series at one piece. That's what you want. Go on the road. One of those two games. They did. Tonight, Jason Mackey and Phil Bork will be talking about it at the Mount Lebanon Saloon from 7 o'clock until 8. It's along the boards. Jason Mackey joins us now. Jason, I might actually come up tonight.
1: We'll be there, pal. We'd love to have you. Always a great show. Always a great time.
0: 7 until 8, right?
1: Yep. Yep. You got it.
0: How many beers do you drink typically? Usually two. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I may have had more than that I think my wife came to one If I'm driving though You know Two over A span of two hours is About fair Because yeah, you, you gotta have You gotta have about A half hour of prep time And then we We usually have about A half hour of a A post game show too So Well told You know Keep it Keep it in the legal limit pal.
0: Yeah that is important uh, It's also A profession And you should be A professional Mac I can't believe you drink at all That's just ridiculous ridiculous you
1: would never have a beer during a show
0: i can't remember the last time prior to today that i haven't had a beer during the show of
1: course you are that you haven't okay yeah i mean you're also 110 pounds soaking wet i mean one beer probably does more damage to you than it does to me
0: that's true and i've got a story about that to tell later on in the show uh jason Yesterday was a gong show. Uh, are there any? Are there any of the three controversial things that happened? do You think that they got right the the Murray goaltender interference, the headshot, or the goal that was a non-goal?
1: No. Nice. No. I th- I thought they went over three. I, I thought it was. Ridiculous! I thought it was one of the worst officiated games I have ever seen. Uh, not only that, I talked to a few people today who have been in hockey a lot longer than I have who agreed with that sentiment. Uh, you know, I, I thought the Wilson thing was especially pathetic. Um, what he was trying to do, uh, he he did. You know, he's going for Dumlin's head. He got him, and not only did four guys on the ice miss it, you have a second chance to sort of make things right with the Department of Player Safety. They don't do it because they don't care about concussions. Um, I just I, The only one I could kind of be convinced on is the Murray goaltender interference. You could make an argument that he was able to, like, get back and reset and, and adjust to make the save. But he also shouldn't have to do that. But that's the one I could maybe be convinced on. That was a goal.
0: I thought the Wilson hit was crap,
1: and the, the Murray thing was, you know, what it was.
0: And you touched on it. I mean, it was just such a systematic failure. I mean, the whole thing from on the ice to then sending it back to Toronto to take a look at it. And then the Department of Player Safety today, it just – all been a disaster, and I, I do think that there were some penalties that were called both ways yesterday that, that should have been called as well. Uh, De- Devonte Smith-Pelly gets tripped, goes into the goaltender. I thought that was a penalty. I thought what Matt yep. Niskanen did, uh, sticking his leg out, it looked to me, on Jake Gensel uh, was a penalty. So I, I just thought yesterday was disastrous.
1: It, it really was. It honestly, though, Adam, the thing that bothers me the most is the Wilson hit. I, I can hmm. live with the Hornquist goal, no goal call, you know, you want to see an overhead angle. Okay, I get it. You know, the call on the ice was no good, or no goal, rather. I Like, I don't agree with it, but you're not talking about, like, somebody's livelihood or somebody's cognitive cognitive abilities. It, when, when you have guys who have a history of doing this thing, running around and hitting people in the head, I mean – that is not taking brain injuries seriously. And this is from a league that denies that there's a link between contact sports and CTE, for crying out loud. Like, I'm all for playing, you know, rough and checking people and, and being hard to play against, whatever cliche you want to attach to. But we're talking about the human brain here. And there's not enough of an influence, or it's not taken seriously enough, I should say in the NHL right now, and that's what that Wilson had said to me. There's no way that should be legal, and there's no way it should go unpunished in general.
0: He's going to do it again this series.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's going to do it again next regular year And think about it. I mean, why should Tom Wilson stop? Tom Wilson should run around and do whatever he can until somebody does something about it. But the NHL won't, and that's the crime.
0: Do you believe in vigilante justice from the Penguins' side of things? I think you have to.
1: Sadly, um, but I don't think it's smart for them to do that right now, because you know tactically, if if they're going to engage in a physical game with the Washington Capitals, they're going to lose. You know, the Capitals are a bigger, more physical team than they are. I think the best thing the Penguins can do is walk away from it and skate, you know, and, and play a speed game. Now, do I think that there is room in hockey for somebody to be? you know, around who can take care of that stuff? Yeah, I do. Uh, you have to play a little bit, but I think those guys are valuable. And, you know, I'm not saying I'd rather have Ryan Reeves in my lineup, but if your lineup decision is like Ryan Reeves or Carter Rowney, and it's like Carter Rowney in that last game, I wouldn't mind having Reeves around. I'm not sure Wilson does that. And if he does, it's going to end there. And I, I don't think it's going to end there with the Capitals. I think they're going to keep doing that stuff.
0: Apart from all the controversy yesterday, and Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette joins us here on the Crowley Show, I do think that that's not the reason the Penguins lost the game. Uh, although, you combine all those things, and uh, you can make an argument that the Penguins would have been right there, certainly, if not have been the victors. But I think that they're doing themselves in with some of these starts here, Jason. I mean, this is three games in a row on the road where they're down two goals, and they've won two of them. I mean, that shows their talent. That shows their stick-to-itiveness. Uh, it shows the gusto and balls, but it also shows me that this is a flawed hockey club until they can figure out a way to come out and jump on a team early. Uh, they need to be able to do that against good teams like Washington and moving forward.
1: Yeah, uh, I think there's uh, some truth to that. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with flawed hockey team. I, I think that's a You know, maybe too serious of a statement, but have they been bad in the first two first periods of this game? Yeah, absolutely. I thought Sunday was their worst period. Period of the of the postseason. They were so sloppy with the puck, and um, you know, and that's why. Like, I'm not comfortable saying they're flawed. I think they're just kind of lackadaisical sometimes. You know, that that's a controllable thing. That's an effort and concentration sort of thing. I don't think they're Unable to play a clean game. They just, they're having some issues right now uh, with that sort of stuff. And um, I do think it's very important for them to start off better. I mean, you can't count on coming from behind every game. And right now, you sort of have the advantage of playing against the Capitals. And I know they didn't come back on sunday but man it, it sure felt like they could have if they would have gotten one when it was three one i think the caps would have tensed up a little bit but
0: oh jason yeah. i don't think there's a doubt about that and uh, just since i'm on the radio right now and i have magical radio powers i'm just going to say it if they score that goal if they count the penguins win how about that
1: yeah good for you and your magical radio powers yeah and, and for cutting me off for droning on but no i they're not <laughs> going to get away with that stuff against boston and bay if i know that
0: yeah no and that's a very good point my god those two teams right now uh Boston just the sick mitts on Pasternak but we'll get to them later perhaps if they're able to win this series and I still think the Penguins are going to win the series in fact for everything that I've said for all the gong show nonsense that happened yesterday for the fact that the Penguins haven't scored the first goal in three games on the road they're still coming back to Pittsburgh after the split I I think that they would have taken that for sure and I think they've got to be pretty confident with where they sit
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and yeah that's the funny thing talking about poor starts. you know they've had whatever poor starts and haven't scored the first goal but they have one uh what two of their past three on the road up until uh, sunday they were they were on a nice little streak so uh yeah I think it's important to take kind of a wider picture view of this one adam i I think that you know they shouldn't be freaking out, but at the same time there are some areas that they need to clean up and address and um, I felt like again their third defense pairing could be a lot better than it was. I think they need more scoring from some key sources: um, Koff, Koff, Phil Kessel, Derek Broussard, mm-hmm. Connor Sherry, Ryan Rust. Um, some guys in their sort of middle six they need that. You need to get Malkin, Hagelin back, and, and get some guys back from injury. But again, they're not, they're they're not in a difficult spot here, or not in a terrible spot. So.
0: Uh, I think that depth scoring is a problem, but I don't think it's that much of a problem whenever you get Hagelin and Malkin back. Now, we'll see when Hagelin does come back, but it just trickles everything down. And really, your second line now becomes your third line. And I think Washington is largely a two-line team. If the Penguins have a third line that is centered by uh, Derek Broussard uh, and their second line centered by Evgeny Malkin, I feel like the trickle-down effect in terms of their depth scoring is going to be improved greatly. And especially that fourth line has been trash if you put Riley Shea in down there with Zach Gaston Reese, I think that changes things, too.
1: Yeah, it changes things a little bit. And another reason why I think it's important to get lines other than Crosby's line going, And I mean, the Capitals are pretty good defensively in the top two pairings, but you look at that third pairing and you have Juice and, uh, and orpic I mean, my goodness. That should be a field day for the Penguins yeah. if they can get a, a, a Derek Broussard and Phil Castle third line out on the ice against them. The last change at home, they're going to get that. So I think that that sort of ramps up the importance. But it's it's important nonetheless for the reason that you're talking about, to get some more secondary scoring.
0: Phil ain't right, is he? Well,
1: he ain't playing right. You know, I I, I have to believe that if he's in the lineup, he's healthy enough to play. Um, And at at that point, you should be graded um, equally. I don't think you should be given a pass, but he hasn't been good. He he just hasn't. I I tweeted out some numbers a little bit ago. and um, To me, the biggest issue with Kessel isn't, you know, I'm not looking at his back checking or his 200-foot game or something like that. Just shoot the darn puck. You know, if he's got to cut corners in every other area of his game, I don't even care he just got to shoot the puck more than he is, and he's not getting the opportunities. And I don't know whether that's because of his line or how he's feeling health-wise, but they need to find a way to get him some opportunities for sure.
0: Last couple of things here for Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Do you think that Malkin plays Game 3, and what are you sensing about the timeline from Dumoulin and from Carl Hagelin, given what we've seen some players have in the past with the non-contact injury uh, right, jersey right. pardon me sorry
1: yeah I know what you meant yeah I know what you meant and and I do think it's kind of strange Haglin, I, I would put I'd maybe put a doubtful tag on um just because he's been out a little bit longer um Dumoulin it, it's weird with Dumoulin because normally with a concussion you would want to see the guy come back and then take contact and respond appropriately yeah um but it was it was weird that he took line rushes and, and did those drills today. Um, you know, it almost seems like there's an expectation that he's going to play tomorrow. I do think Malkin's gonna play. I don't think he was that far away in game two. Um it was just the you know, he he wasn't gonna be absolutely hundred percent and I think that was an important thing to him and the Penguins to not come back at eighty. Um so I think Malkin plays. I think Hagelin doesn't, I think Dumoulin's kind of the wild card but. If you made me give a straight answer, Adam, I'd say I think you play it.
0: Jason, your thoughts just on the series so far? It's been so weird. Uh, I, I would say that the Capitals outplayed the Penguins in Game 1 if I really thought that, but I don't. Uh, Penguins won the game, obviously, but... You know, Washington talked about bounces for Pittsburgh, and, yeah, they had a lead going into the third period. But apart from Holtby, uh, the Penguins did everything well. The Capitals did well in that game, too. Uh, the Penguins had just as many scoring chances as Washington. It just so happened that one of theirs uh, snuck through, and one of Washington's didn't, and that's why they won the game. As for yesterday, I thought after the first 25 minutes, the Penguins played pretty darn well.
1: You asked me a question like five minutes ago. I and mean, you keep talking. That was bad. What are you
0: doing? That was really bad by what are me. What you doing? I know. I I I kind of lost myself in the middle of it there. I don't know what Sorry. happened. I'm just with you. Oh boy! No,
1: I better tell I Borky you...
0: that he's got a feisty guy coming to meet him at the saloon tonight.
1: Oh, I can't. I can't pull that crap, with Borky. he'll no, just give me like a left cross to the head. I'll be. mean, <laughs> not. I got to behave myself with Borky, but I can. I can give you crap. No, Borky will be the one giving it to me. No, I, honestly, when I think about this series so far, is that. I, I I don't know what I think. That's what I think. You know, that we've just seen everything. I don't I don't think there's been any sort of discernible trends right now. Um, you know, we've seen Braden Holtby stand on his head and then for a five minute stretch he's not very good at all, slash terrible. Um, we've seen Dominic Simone look like you know, the second coming of Wayne Gretzky and then he can't put put the puck in the back of the net. Um, the Penguins have gotten crazy production from the top line and nothing from nobody else. Anybody else? So, I just, there's a lot of like incomplete here, I guess, the way I would look at it. And, you know, we've only played two games. I I do think that what game two did for me to change the series is I think we're going to have a series. After game one, I sort of worried whether this thing would go any more than four or five. And now I'd be surprised if it didn't go at least six. I, I just think. You know, I underestimated the fight left in the Capitals. I think a lot of people did, uh, but we should be in for an entertaining. Uh, I would say, you know, four or five games left here.
0: Well, to that point, uh, no heart left in the Capitals, Jason. It would have been interesting to see what would have happened had the Penguins scored that goal. Uh, had... Oh, absolutely. I mean,
1: dude, I was I was in the building, man. Three one, and it was like beginning to look a lot like you know <laughs> that feeling they get in Washington, where they know it's going to all come apart of the team.
0: Jason, appreciate your time. Uh, sorry for the long-winded questions. Uh, make sure you don't give Borky the business tonight. And maybe I'll see you up there. Always fun, pal. Come on up. Be All good. Right, I'll see you. Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can hear him coming up in about 23 minutes at the Saloon in Mount Lebanon for Around the Boards with Phil Bork. Coming up next here on this show, it's the hottest take of the day. Other crap and the three stars of the show, it's ESPN Pittsburgh. And if you want Twitter followers, the only thing you have to do is tweet out a blurry, grainy picture of something that you know your sports fans will agree with. I tweeted out a picture of the puck crossing the goal line, and I made it as grainy as possible, took it off my TV. It looks awful. It's a terrible photo, and I got 400 retweets. Some Capitals fan took a marker and colored all over it. Not a real marker, but an internet marker. What do you call those, Tom? I don't know. They're internet markers. Okay, I'm not up with the lingo. I'm not hip with it, man. I'm not jiving with it. I just still can't believe now that I'm looking at this picture that they didn't call it a goal. How do you not call it a goal? Even the grainy version is clear. Yes, even the grainy version is clear. And everyone's saying, like Joe Beninati from uh, who calls the Capitals games. He's their play-by-play guy, the Super Homer. He says, "Oh, it's snow." No, it's not snow. Look at the damn thing. It's a red line. There's no snow over the line. It's just a line. A line is a line is a line. It will continue until it's stopped. I learned that in physics class <laughs> with the really hot Mrs. Kennedy at Mount Lebanon High School. Is it physics or geometry? It doesn't matter. I'm still thinking about <laughs> Mrs. Kennedy. I wonder if she's out there right now, still single. I mean, I'm not. She's like, man, I had this one hot student, if only. Is she grandma? Well, by now, yeah. Oh, Adam. No, she was in her early 30s back then, so, well, she's too old now.
1: Wait, that makes her like my age.
0: Yeah, she's too old now. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) It's time for the hottest take of the day. (laughs) Day (laughs) day, day. This David dude tweets, Pens were losing by two. Oh, I know. Pens would have played really hard and tied it after. It sounds like wah to me. I've never said the Penguins were going to win the game. I've also never said that the Penguins lost the game because of that call. The Penguins lost the game because they didn't play hard enough from the start. And it might not have been effort, and perhaps that's a poor choice of words, but they didn't play well enough from the start. And if you're going to continue to spot teams' leads, you're not going to win. Not in the playoffs, not when the competition ramps up each and every round. But that's not the hottest take of the day. The hottest take of the day is that I am happy that I had the weekend to sit down and think about the Steelers draft because initially I hated what I saw. I hated it. There's a safety who was given a fourth-round grade by Kuyper. There's a quarterback in the third round when Ben Roethlisberger says he's going to play three more years. But I think the draft went better than a lot of people are giving it credit for. Terrell Edmonds might have been a reach, but I like the player. And if he's a first-round grade on the Steelers draft board, who the hell am I to say he's not a first-round player? James Washington's an STUD stud. He's got the body of a running back, and he plays like a wide receiver. He's the best deep threat in the entire class, and oh yeah, by the way, he won the Bolitnikov. The Steelers needed to replace Martavis Bryant. They were able to do that just 24 hours after they shipped him out. Bryant was not going to re-sign with the Steelers. So they traded Bryant for four years of James Washington. Sold. And Mason Rudolph could be the next great Steelers quarterback, and if he is, if that guy... He's a quality quarterback at this league for an extended period of time. This draft, no matter what else happens, was a success. I said I would have hated it coming in, but I like it because they got a first-round graded player on their board in the third round. And the more I think about it, there's no downside to having drafted him. Rudolph's going to be a cheap, skilled backup until Ben retires. He could also wind up being a valuable trade asset. And if he's the heir apparent and it works out, then he was a home run. I don't love the pick of Chucks, chuks, whatever you want to call him, but you should draft an O-lineman every year. Marcus Allen, I thought was a great pick in the fifth round. I've been a big fan of his for a while now. He's dime-capable, he adds another body to the room. Solid work all around. A lot of Steelers media and fans are screaming, what well, about the inside linebacker? Well, Philip Phony from across the street is beside himself. Last year, he and others complained that the Steelers didn't get a tight end after Lidarius Green was done. And I said the Steelers don't need a tight end because Green really wasn't one. He was a weapon. They drafted Juju. Juju became a weapon. It was more than a wash. Hell of a pick. I think it's the same thing with safeties this year. Yingers have said, move Shazier to safety. And it was a stupid idea, but I think it actually got merit now. The Steelers brought in Morgan Burnett, Terrell Edmonds, and Marcus Allen to play safety, but they're also going to play a lot of linebacker. And John Bostick's a better player than Sean Spence was, and a better player than a lot of people think he is. They'll be fine. They did well in the draft. I don't have a hot take about it other than to say, guess what? It can't possibly be as bad as some people think. And because there is nuance there, and because I am looking at it reasonably, I suppose it becomes a hot take. Woo! Other crap. A study finds that youth football is linked to earlier CTE. Wait a second. You're telling me that earlier brain trauma leads to brain trauma? Woo! Other crap. The Vikings have re-signed a 39-year-old cornerback by the name of Terrence. Hello, Newman. Woo! Other crap. Jason Witten is mulling a multiple-year offer from ESPN. I don't think that any retired Cowboys have ever been on TV. Woo! Other crap. Michael Irvin. Woo! Other crap. Deion Sanders. Woo! Other crap. Tony Romo. Woo! Other crap. Howie Long. Woo. Other crap. I meant to say Jimmy Johnson. Woo. Other crap. And I guess what I meant was, no former Cowboys have been good at TV. Woo. Other crap. Oladipo says that the Pacers have earned everybody's respect after taking the Cavs to seven games. False. Woo! Hey. Other crap. Who's your daddy? Woo! Other crap. I'm so sorry, LeBron. Woo! Other crap. 45 points. How can I deny his greatness? Woo! Other crap. LeBron says he's burnt. I don't buy it. Woo! Other crap. Greatest player ever. Woo! Other crap. Hey, Nick Kingham didn't lose his first start. Woo! <laughs> Other crap. It's been four hundred and twenty-nine days since Bit Basketball won a conference game. What
1: happened? Is that the right number?
0: I never know. <laughs> in my head I might have to recount for tomorrow (laughs) I might have to I think
1: we lost a few days
0: I think I skipped like six days because of the weekend (laughs) that's because six days came off my liver it's time for the three stars of the show third star tonight's third star of the show Jason Macday
1: I thought they went over three I I thought it was Ridiculous. I thought it was one of the worst officiated games I have ever seen. Uh, Not only that, I talked to a few people today who have been in hockey a lot longer than I have who agreed with that sentiment.
0: Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, Adam Crowley. Yeah! If you say parallax, I'm going to spit in your eye. (laughs) Parallax is a real thing. I get it. Mrs. Kennedy, my physics teacher in high school, was hot. So of course I remember her talking about Parrot. Par- what is it called? I was too busy looking at her. First star. And tonight's first star of the show, Chicago Cubs broadcaster, Harry Carey Can I talk to you about one of our favorite players in the draft now? Chumbe Wamba Okafor. I don't know if you knew this Adam, but he actually had a career before joining the Pittsburgh Steelers. I get no down, but I get up again. You're never gonna keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. Hey, you're never gonna keep me down. That's three stars of the show right there. Tomorrow, the real quick, man. Who I always get. I feel down. a little better
1: when one of us win this. When you, Tom, or myself win, when these peripherals win, I'm not
0: as excited. Like, I'm rooting for us as our home team. I love Mackie. I wish yeah, I deal. won more, though. Yeah. I mean, that's a reality. I wish you won more. Uh, Tom never wins. That no, was Harry. Never, ever. That sneaky bastard. Coming up next, it's Around the Boards with Borky and Along the aforementioned the Along. Mackie. Along. What did I say? Around. around. What's the difference? One's along, one's around. And one's the name of the show and the other's not. Exactly. I don't care what you call it. It's along the board. It's at the saloon in Mount Lebanon with two hotties. Go listen. I'll be back tomorrow at 4 at CSB in Pittsburgh.